Thanks for joining us this week, and welcome to Mutuality Matters, a weekly podcast hosted by CBE International, where our mission is to promote the biblical message that God calls women and men of all cultures, races, and classes to share authority equally in service and leadership in the home, church, and work. Enjoying the podcast? Let us know. Send a recording or written testimonial to podcast at cbeinternational.org of why Mutuality Matters matters to you, and we may feature you on an upcoming episode. The opinions expressed in CBE's Mutuality Matters podcast are those of its hosts and guests and do not purport to reflect the opinions or views of CBE International or its members or chapters worldwide. The designations employed in this podcast and the presentation of content therein do not imply the expression of any opinion whatsoever on the part of CBE concerning the legal status of any country, area, or territory, or of its authorities, or concerning the delimitation of its frontiers. Let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to the Mutuality Matters podcast from Christians for Biblical Equality. Alongside my friend and ministry colleague, Rob Dixon, I'm Lila Van Gerpen. Can women and men work alongside one another in healthy ministry partnerships? Our answer is an emphatic yes. And on this podcast, we interview ministry practitioners exploring stories about what flourishing mixed-gender ministry partnerships look like in the field. This week, our guest is Beth Eckloff-Paz. Beth has dedicated her life to Jesus Christ to mobilize people to be the next generation of leaders, to live out the gospel, and join God's mission of justice and righteousness. She is currently pastoring college students and young adults at Lake Avenue Church in Pasadena, California. Beth is a passionate communicator of the gospel and preaches at conferences and churches across the United States and internationally. In fact, Beth co-founded the Preacher Academy, a five-month cohort helping women learn and launch as preachers. You'll hear about it soon. She graduated from Fuller Theological Seminary with a Master's of Divinity. With 18 years of full-time ministry experience, she continues to cultivate and build the kingdom of God with joy. Beth, welcome to our podcast. We're so glad you're here. Thanks, Lila and Rob. I am so delighted to be with you today. Great to have you. Awesome. And we should tell listeners, we've got a history, the three of us. We worked together, served together with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship for a while, yes. and it's a joy to be back together. Beth, yep. I'll ask you the question we ask all of our guests at the beginning. Um, so as a way to get to know you a bit better. So here it is. What's, the, what's a mixed gender partnership that you appreciate from literature or the movies or TV and pop culture? And why do you appreciate it? Yes, I love and hate this question. It makes me feel like a little kid when I was um, in school and they'd be like, what's your favorite TV show? And then I'd always cringe because we didn't have a TV at home and I was not connected to um, any kind of like knowledge about shows. So I always like just repeated what the person in front of me said, but <laughs> let me from a book. All right. And this is yeah, really, yeah. this is going to take it back. All right. And it's, you know, it was um, a classic. It is still little women mm. and probably also my name was, you know, one of the oh. main characters, but really I find <laughs> a fascinating relationship between the sister Joe and Laurie. And they have a very interesting friendship slash relationship that shows an involvement over years and years and years. And I just think a lot of the nuances of that uh, play out in all sorts of ways um, 
And in that beautiful literature story, you know, there's a happy ending, which it, it, it isn't always, but I do appreciate how it came to a close yeah. in that story. Fantastic. I think this might be our first book. Is it possible? It is. I, like our first I think it book is. I love that. So well done there. I love that. Yes. And this yeah, one and might I love get your my, honesty about the question. Yep. This one might get my daughters to actually listen to the podcast, Beth, because they love <laughs> Little Women. So well done. Yes. yes. Well, let's start with an, t- talking about another story, your story. So of all the mixed gender ministry partnerships you've had during your time in ministry, is there one that stands out to you as just especially fun and life-giving and why? Yeah, this is so fun to reflect on. I I was like, oh my gosh, 18 years of ministry and um, I um, have had at least five uh, mentors or bosses that were male. Mm-hmm. And it was from the very moment that I was um, hired into ministry until currently. And as I was thinking about that, each one of them deposited something really amazing in my life along the way, including just um, bringing me to the table and then others elbowing others out of the way so that I could stay at the table. Yes. And, um, and so I just, I've just really, uh, benefited from some amazing men that have mentored me. And, um, I remember one of them, um, it was actually Rob, who was my supervisor at the time, who recommended me to a national cohort for preaching. And I had grown up a fairly conservative background where women were not allowed to be in the pulpit and had never considered it for myself. It was just a given. But I was interested in ministry and I wanted to, you know, just continue that in my life. Just never thought about the pastorate. Um I was selected for this cohort developing preachers and I was like stumped because this was starting to branch into the world of the pastorate preaching. And so um, the mentor for that group uh, walked with me for two years. And I remember very vividly the day that he looked at me, I had just preached on a sermon using Gotham as an example. It was lit. I loved it. I mean, <laughs> I had all the room like dying, like, you know, it was, it was so good. And um, I, if I do say so myself and um, <laughs> this mentor, he, he came to me, he said, Beth, you have word gifts. And, and I just never been named in that way. I had never been seen. I had never um, thought it possible for myself. And I said, I, I don't even know what that means. What, what do you mean? He said, you have gifts of words to preach or to write that God has put in you to bring forth a message to other people. Mm-hmm. And that really changed something in me that uh, helped me see uh, it wasn't a accident or even a problem uh, to be developed in ministry or as a preacher. It was actually part of God's call on me. And uh, his uh, mentorship of me was was a game changer. Fantastic. Yep. Yep. I remember those days. I'm so glad to know where that's landed for you and how God met you in that. Um, Beth, there's in your many years of ministry, you've worked alongside men, maybe, maybe the men as supervisors or even as peers or men that you've led. Um, what have been some of the challenges that you faced as you worked together uh, in mixed gender ministry partnerships? Yeah. Well, 
there's a few I could say. Yes. <laughs> um, and and it's interesting because on the other hand, I've 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 had some fantastic relationship both uh, with several of my like co-directors being male and partnerships and then also having supervisors and mentors that have been male there there's been several I could kind of go on with that um but like for example I remember when I was a co-director of of an of basically this nonprofit and I was sitting in a meeting with another um director and with my male associate and i was the one of position in that room who was negotiating our, our contract together and the whole conversation this other director his gaze and his posture was completely situated towards my male uh, co-worker who was my supervisee and um and so my male co-worker kept redirecting well actually i think beth would uh have the answer to that you know as she's the director <laughs> you know and, <laughs> um, and and then and then it was like this triangled conversation <laughs> um that happened for the whole of the meeting and afterwards uh he just was like, I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened in there. And it wasn't his fault at all, but it was a clear classic example that despite title, despite um, experience, despite, um, you know, ministry partnership, there was a gender divide and that my male associate was going to be seen as the one who could execute, who could communicate, uh, who could perform the tasks and be responsible for the partnership. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was just, um, it was painful, of course. Um, it would have been more painful if my coworker hadn't been so incredibly aware and gracious. And mm -hmm. so um, we talked about it. Um, they were incredibly humble. Say, what else could I have done in that situation? They modeled being a learner and, um, and we, you know, we, we went on with our work. But I think this, um, the challenges of being dismissed or overlooked because of your gender, um, the challenge of conservative theologies that have really shaped, um, that have shaped both men and women. I remember um, being um, at a international Bible school and I was a Bible teacher and I had several um, people asking me about this, both men and women. Um, but actually the women, they said, can we please have a conversation on on women in, in ministry and in leadership? And I said, absolutely. And so these women from Germany and Albania and uh, England and uh, it was about 10 women, young women, and we sat and had a conversation and most of them were against women in ministry. And it was also fascinating to see just also very culturally how ingrained, um, you know, uh, male dominant in the home, in the workplace, in the church, just continued. And so it wasn't even so much of a theology. It was a cultural aspect of life. Um, and so I've just seen that these are, you know, I've tried to be very gracious in engaging, but then also asking questions and um, pushing the envelope a bit 
in trying to uh, expand people's thinking and dialogue about gender and especially just seeing um, those relationships in scripture that uh, in the beginning was the vision for mutual flourishing and um, mutual partnership for the expression of a perfect love. And by our love, that folks would understand that God is good and his gospel reigns. And so for me, the challenges of continuing to engage um, these things is is live and it's hard. Well, let's pivot a little bit and talk about some of the benefits. So you've laid out some of the you know real challenges. What are some of the benefits? Can you can you name some? Yes, I have benefited so much yes. from men and women in partnership from the beginning, the depth, the breadth, the various paradigms that we carry, the different values that we carry, having blind spots as a woman that are shown to me gently from my male counterpart, counterpart. Um, the relatability of us, you know, uh, being able to minister more effectively and being able to reach uh, more people. And um, I mean, that's why the body of Christ is the body of Christ. Like we have all the different parts to function for the fullness of fluidity, power, and effectiveness. And so for me, men and women working together, it really complements the purposes of God in the world. And so um, continually, I have found that I can speak to, I, it is not that I can't speak to things. You can speak to, to things. Men can speak to things. It's the fact that we are heard differently. It's the fact that, that um, this perspective carries different weight from my male counterpart when communicated in that way with connection with me. Um, And so I think the effectiveness and the scope of ministry is broader and wider and more impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll share a story of that later, but I am absolutely a hundred percent convinced, uh, that that is an, the appropriate way <laughs> to do ministry. Awesome. Um, Beth, I don't, I've done a lot of these interviews with Lila. She has never nodded as much as she is during, <laughs> in, in agreement. She's never nodded in agreement. And I'm sure that's true of other <laughs> listeners too, as you call out the challenges and as you talk about the benefits. So yeah. that's fantastic. Yep. Um, Let's let's imagine you're doing a training there at Lake Avenue, maybe, and you're thinking about how you'd want to encourage a group of people to like grow in their mixed gender ministry partnerships. Um, what would you say are like the success factors? Like, what would you train on? You know, if you had like a bullet pointed list or something like that. Such a good question. This one um, really enjoyed mulling over. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it kind of intersects with with a few other areas. So if you will let me have sure. a little bit of liberty when I when I say um, knowing your own social location. Mm-hmm. So so I think one of the first things is like knowing who you are and who you aren't. Um, and and for that, let's get into some of the gender dynamics. Um, it matters that I am a single woman 
in ministry, not a married woman in ministry. I have been both. And there are differences um, that I feel that, that also I know as a white woman, I have encountered far less barriers than women of color um, and far less barriers of women of color or people in different uh, socioeconomic classes or various levels of ability or disability or linguistics, et cetera, et cetera. So knowing your social location gives you the starting point for how you approach um, healthy partnerships. Um, I think too, like as, as men think about working with women, probably more so than women working with men, I think for men to, to think about, um, think about, has this woman experienced abuse before? Has this woman experienced adultery? Or for a woman to think of her male counterpart, has this man experienced adultery in his intimate relationships? I think that intimate relationships very much affect our public ministry relationships. And so to know your own history, to know your own um, person, and then to think about another person's history of personal relationship will be important for kind of knowing how to move forward with with the other indicators of success. Mm -hmm. I think the next characteristic would be 100% mutual respect. 100%. No 90%. No, no, no 89%. Ah, that's just, that's not good enough. We can do better. It is, there is no lesser partner. Uh, there is no greater partner. That also means women not saying I'm 110 here. No, it's, it is a 100% mutual respect. I think another thing that I would say is 100% clear communication. Hmm. So I was starting a ministry here. I had no history of, um, I had no history of being known no credibility, no um, familiarity of who I was. And so I had to be rather explicit about myself. I knew that I came from a great history of mixed gender relationships. I didn't know what that was in the new context. And so I just, I found myself very ready to partner with all different people. There was a particular um young man and uh, we were we're not close in age but we were closer in age and i knew that he would be partnering with me and i just felt it necessary right away to say um i just want you to know that um i'm really grateful for you doing this partnering with me in these ways I want to name that it is not out of attraction for you. It is not out of a special preference or um, a special treatment. Um, but really, I see you as a brother in Christ and, uh, and your giftings. And um, I'm really grateful to move forward with you. CBE International presents Women in Scripture and Mission. Fourth century Macrina was a famous theologian whose faith drew her brother, St. Basil, to Christianity. He then submitted to her mentoring for four years. St. Basil, with their brother Gregory of Nyssa, helped develop the doctrine of the Trinity. Throughout Macrina's lifetime, the brothers regularly sought her spiritual advice. Though the church has largely forgotten Macrina, her faithful teaching, mentoring, and leading still informs our faith today. Learn more at Radio. Women.org. Another factor 
would would be the that uh, the partner is quick in advocacy or acknowledgement of injustices. Um, and I, I, as I shared before, that happened mm-hmm. for me. I've always appreciated that. Um, and I, I think that that clears the air if there is slights that those can build up and begin to chip away at that 100% mutual respect. But with quick advocacy or acknowledgement of injustice, you can, you can affirm in your partner what was missed. Yeah. Uh, in a group setting or in staff meeting or, you know, whatever. And though that doesn't make up for it, it helps build the trust that you need for the long haul because you need long trust. Um, you know, this is interesting. I just I think that a success factor is that you deal with attraction. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a, uh, you know, there can be sexual tension and attraction um, between men and women, married or single. I, I, I think that's a real, I mean, we're seeing all sorts of things come up, you know, mm-hmm. clergy are not exempt from, you know, just like having a perfect relationship in mixed gender and pastoral care. Mm-hmm. Not at all. So I think that uh, Christian leaders need to be very real with themselves <laughs> and they need to deal with their attraction. They need to be uh, having an accountability partner or confessing that um, and dealing with it in their lives, both women and men. Uh, and I don't think this rests on, on one or the other. And really, if that's a problem, know your limits and define the relationship otherwise. Maybe you need to step out of working with that person for a period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, or there's other steps that can be taken. I'm not going to say that that doesn't come up and isn't a factor. I just think it needs to be addressed head on, that people need to not think that they're above um being taken out in that area of mixed gender partnership. But I also feel like uh, it should not be to the extreme of the Billy Graham rule that has become, uh, you know, the basis for exclusion of women in the church. So to one extreme or the other is not helpful. Can we live in tension? I think we can. Is that an easy answer? No, but we can press on in addressing that uh, in real time with real honesty. Those are some of the factors that I would, <laughs> that I would lean into. <laughs> I can't wait to come to your training. That's, those are fantastic, Matt. Thanks for naming those. So spot on. Um, okay. You have this newish venture in your life, the Preacher Academy, and this is how you've described it, an online synchronous seminary level learning experience. And in, in short, you're helping women learn how to preach with fire. And just hearing your stories and, and having heard your sermons, like you are the right person for this. You are an amazing um, spirit-led preacher. And so tell us a little more about it. How are you seeing God work? And what would you say to a woman out there listening who's discerning whether they have a preaching gift? Oh, yeah. This um, this is really fun. This came out of prayer. It came out of a really hard season in my life when I was um, surviving a divorce. And I had stepped out of ministry. Um, and I was 
I really felt disqualified from ministry uh, because of that. And I sat with the Lord for a while um, and I was just praying with my prayer partner through this. And um, I had an opportunity pitched to me to 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 connect with women that were going through obstacles in ministry. Um, but somehow or another, the conversation is who's equipping women to preach outside of seminary for moms of kids that always had this like kind of desire, but they're like, their hands are full, you know, for the woman who's in a profession in a secular workplace, but she's leading her Bible study, you know, and women's ministry. It's like, how can we get equipped, but not just like, um, let me tell a story. And, uh, you know, this one, verse that's like a devotional what about exegetical training and hermeneutical empowerment is like okay let's go so um that's that's that you know um i got really excited about that my friend and i um partnered through this prayer project and it, it became the preachers academy psalm um 68 11 says the lord announces the word and the women who proclaim it are a mighty throng mm -hmm. and i just have this vision of women um, being empowered and released to speak about the lord's goodness and love and forgiveness and shalom in their life and i think the church is disabled for the lack of those women being able uh, to step into spaces i mean there's one thing to have the rights. There's the, another thing to have the opportunity. And so this, both partners, um, the academics with the opportunity as we try to connect them with mentors who might open up their pulpits. Um, and so we're seeing, you know, I, what is surprising me is it's not even so much about the skills, though we do teach some incredible content around those topics. It is also about the confidence, the confidence and the calling and, um, the, the synergy that's created in this group has been phenomenal and i'm so grateful to the lord for for blessing it and you're launching another cohort soon right beth whoop, whoop. cohort <laughs> two coming to you in 2023 at the end of february applications are open now the women speakers collective.com for the preacher academy yeah we're um we, we've just been feeling like um this is the time and this is the place to do this. And in a Zooming world, uh, we now have the technology that is bringing um, top of the line international speakers. And so I see that God is using it to inspire and to equip women um, around the world. Amazing. Amazing. So listener, if you're hearing Beth and you're thinking, that sounds kind of cool. Uh, you'll find the link in the show notes and please, please check it out. Um, Beth, we want to end with an opportunity that we give all of our uh, interview folks to, to share a bit of your dreams of your heart for the church, heart for the big C church around women and men in partnership. So what's on your heart for that? You know, I think of one of the best moments I've had in a cross-gender um, ministry partnership with my, um, with my pastor, Scott and Scott and I, um, we're sent as representatives, uh, kind of um, as like representatives of, of a large financial gift to give to uh, Ukrainian refugees this last summer. And um, it became evident that the gift needed to be stewarded by 
by being present, but it wouldn't be the same opportunity to like take a team. And so immediately it just, you know, normally I think that in an operating church world, it'd be like, well, just Pastor Scott would go. Uh, but we both felt like this deep sense of like, I should go. <laughs> and I was like, I want to go. And he said, I want you to go if you, you know, and I said, okay, well, I want to talk to your wife, you know? And so <clears throat> I called up his wife. <laughs> Hi, my name is Beth and I'm planning, I would like your permission to travel with your spouse to another country, you know, and um, for the sake of this work. And yes, we're going to be uh, renting a car and driving around together and, and staying in hotel lodging and things like this. And we had a very frank very frank and, straight and straightforward conversation. And she was, she was so fantastic. And we just named the tension. We named our like excitement for this work. She like totally blessed me and, um, and off Scott and I went to Poland, um, to, to hear from churches there that were working with Ukrainian refugees because of our partnership as a man and a woman, we have access to far more than, than would have ever happened during that five days. Um, I had the opportunity to firsthand go listen to stories from Ukrainian women who had just come across the border and it was a women's only tea. You know, Scott would not have had that possibility to hear those direct stories and to hear from me, you know, how women had literally seen their apartment explode from missiles right in front of their eyes. But God had brought them to Poland and the church was the one, the Christian church was the one bringing them in and providing. And um, and with tears, they said, I, you know, God has been faithful to us. It challenged my faith so much. Um Later, as we were meeting with uh, male pastors, we would talk about all the things, the, uh, the business things, the logistics, you know, but always our conversation would, would go to prayer. And when I prayed for these male pastors, and, and Scott did too, it shifted. And... Um, and the atmosphere shifted. And I, and I have to think that it was also the tenderness of a woman being present. Um, this one pastor took us on a tour of a facility that was like a refugee center and a store and, you know, a tutoring center for language studies. And, um, and Scott was in the back with his counterpart. And I went with the senior pastor to the front of the sanctuary. And we stood there for a minute and he said, this is the place of many tears and prayers. Wow. And both of us just choked up and he started weeping. And I put my hand on his shoulder and I prayed over this pastor who had shouldered so much grief and secondhand trauma from hosting refugees. We went back, we left, we did all the things. And, and later I said, um, Scott, did did that pastor like share his heart with you at all? You know, uh, it, it, like outside of the logistics, he said, no, I didn't get a chance. You know, and I said, he broke down in tears mm -hmm. when I prayed for him. And he said, it's because we're better together as a team. Mm -hmm. Beth. There are beautiful moments when, when we get to minister out of our feminine, out of our masculine, that, God is neither, right? And so the fullness of God is present in both and. And I believe 
that the spirit of God has more freedom to work in the fullness of our mixed gender relationship because it encompasses all that God is. Amen. <laughs> Love that. Amen. We are better together. That gave me chills. Um, Beth, I know there are people out there who just want to connect with you. What's the best way to um, to do that? Social media, website? Yeah. Um, reach out to me on Instagram at Sojourner Pause, like a Sojourner, P-A-Z. Um, my website, Beth Paz, B-E-T-H-P-A-Z.com is another way that you can get a hold of me. Um, I would be, I would enjoy the chance to connect, uh, hear your story and, um, and continue the conversation. Love it. That'd be great. Thank you so much for being Thanks, a part Beth. of this, Beth. So grateful for you and sharing your stories with us. Yeah, joy to have you with us. Thank you, Rob and Lila. Blessings. Rob, that was such a great conversation with Beth. So let's yeah. process it for a minute. What is staying with you from that conversation? Yeah, she is a delight for sure. Um, so I think the thing for me, one of the trends maybe through the interview was this idea of taking things head on. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think Beth yeah. is wired to do that. Uh, maybe for other listeners, that might be tougher. But but the idea of saying, let's talk about this on the front end of a partnership or working time working together so that we can mitigate potential problems that might come down the road. So when she talked to her coworker or when she talked to the wife of her other coworker, I think I just really admired that. And I think it's something that I want to be purposeful about. And I think it'd be good for listeners to be thinking about that too. How about for you, Lai? A couple things that really um, stood out to me. One, I just loved her story about her being in that first ever preacher's um, cohort and having that mentor see her, see the gifts in her and just name it for her, especially her back, given her background. I think there's just something really powerful to kind of have confidence in the gifts that God has given us in having somebody see it and name it in you. So I really loved hearing just the power of that and what what it did for her. And then also going back to those success factors that I thought were just really Fantastic right? and helpful. So helpful. Yeah. I um, appreciated her just naming like just how important it is to know your social location. She said, it's the starting point for knowing yourself and what you bring into a healthy mixed gender part- ministry, uh, mixed gender partnership. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was so, so yeah. simple and so true and so key. So that's yep. staying with me. Yep. Good. Well, thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Follow Christians for Biblical Equality on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date info and content. You can leave us a rating or review on whatever podcast platform you use. And if you love this episode, please share it with a friend. I'm Lila Van Griffin, and with my co-host, Rob Dixon, we'd like to thank our guest, Beth Eckloff-Paz, and our talented editor, Landon Hook, as well as Christians for Biblical Equality. Be sure to listen to our other episodes with our team of co-hosts coming to your devices every week. We are the Mutuality Matters Podcast. Thanks for listening. Looking for more information about CBE and our mission for biblical equality? Then please visit cbeinternational.org for more information. And please be sure to tune in each week for new episodes here or wherever else you listen to podcasts.